0: Welcome to the main event.
1: Let's get ready to
0: rumble. What's going on guys? This is Austin Outcast and we're bringing you live wrestling with the mic.
1: And I am Petey Savage, the other host of this wonderful podcast. We're at a pilot episode. We're going to talk all things wrestling. We're going to talk WrestleMania 1 all the way to last week's SmackDown, to AEW, to the indies, to wrestling figures, unfiltered, uncensored, because we don't have any corporate sponsors or we don't have any bosses yet. If you want to sponsor us, send us some cash. We'll make out a deal. Whatever you want to do, we're in.
0: Alright guys, this is our pilot episode, so we're going to keep this one kind of short and sweet. We're going to touch on a few things. Just going to touch on really the big guy, little guy persona in wrestling, you know, throughout the years that's really adapted, and uh, we're going to let PD Savage take it away with the big
1: guys. Alright, so, growing up, I started watching wrestling in 1989, I don't think I was even potty training, I was still shitting in a diaper at this point. Everyone had a larger than life personality. And it wasn't, not everybody, let's say we had the rockers. Who are dominating the tag team division, but all your big guys, all your champions were over six foot, 250 to 300 pounds. You had your Hogan's, your Warriors, your Macho Mans, your Andre the Giant, your Sheik's. The big man dominated the, the top scene until WCW came in and had Flair and Sting. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on the big guy, little guy? I know someone that's only like three foot tall, you can't only like the Giants.
0: Well, the problem with that is <clears throat> everything was so based on the big guys, 80s, 90s.
1: I'm going to cut him off real quick, and I just want to let you guys know that he did not even deny being three foot tall. All
0: right, right, five eight. you know, I speak for the little guys now. Five seven and a half. All right, suck one. Anyway, so pretty much, man, like, during your era, you coming up, you know, I'm a 90s baby. He's an 80s baby. Um, he was, majority was big guys. That's all he knew was big guys. Then as I was coming up, things started to adapt. And the little guys really took over. So I mean, you're looking at Eddie and Ray, definitely huge, the biggest little man in the business. Chris Benoit was a big one. You know, shouldn't probably be talking about this on the pod, but you know, this is uncensored, unfiltered.
1: Hey, every, everything's open. Chris Benoit is one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Love him for what he did, hate him for what he did in the business, at home, whatever. We're gonna we're gonna hit it. We're not WWF, WWE. We're not going to take his name out of our, our memories.
0: Absolutely not. And, uh, you know, I guess that really boils into a factor. You know, the, the big guy persona is what you got hooked on during wrestling. That's what really got you hooked. It is. It's just
1: the, the big Lord of the Life characters.
0: <clears throat> See, with me, guys, I'm going to tell you straight up. Yes, the first, the one thing that really got me hooked on wrestling was Hogan and Rock and Mania. That was one of the biggest things that had an impact on me. And I was young, and that was one of the first pay per views I do remember watching. And then after that, I started getting a little bit of Benoit and Eddie and Ray, and WrestleMania 20 came along, and that triple threat in the main event, it just had me hooked, and I hadn't stopped ever since.
1: But let's start with Ray. Ray Mysterio. Yeah, he's. A, did you just cut me off? I did cut you off.
0: Okay, all right, go ahead.
1: So, Ray Mysterio, yes, he is a great luchador. But would he be. The phenomenon that he has become, if it was not for Eddie Guerrero's death, and they were trying to push that, that top Latino star to the top, which they had Eddie Guerrero in, wouldn't Raymond Material be as good and as big as he is without that happening?
0: I disagree with that. Why? I feel like at this point, starting in the early 2000s, is really when the... Little man personas started coming involved in the wrestling. It doesn't matter what brand. It didn't matter. The little guys were getting more. They were getting seen, and see that's the thing. From and if you're looking from the '90s on, that's what you knew were big man. If you were as big as Hulk, is Mach, Legs, all these big guys, the giant, huge guys, huge names, and then you roll around in 2000s. They're just like boom. They ended WCW really just really kicked off things, and it made it showed you more talent that you weren't able to see before.
1: And I get that, but I'm not saying little guys in general. I'm talking Ray Mysterio. Do you believe that Ray Mysterio is as talented as people give him credit for compared to people like Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit and Chris Jericho, the, the top smaller guys in the industry right there? Is Ray Mysterio really one of them, or was he just the right person for the job at the time?
0: Eddie's death did impact Ray's career. Of I course was, it did. Absolutely. 110%. There's no, no way
1: that Remy Jr. would have won that Royal Rumble if Eddie did not pass two months prior.
0: Absolutely not. No. But you got to give Ray credit when it's due. Ray was already making a name for himself prior to Eddie's death. And honestly, yeah, Eddie's death did kickstart that. But Ray's been, Ray's been a hot name since the 90s. Ray, I'm gonna put it, tell you right now, Eddie and Ray's match in WCW is really what put them on the map and started getting them noticed. I think Eddie's death did help Ray out uh, tremendously, but I do think that Ray had already started making a name for himself prior to that.
1: Exactly and I definitely agree with you 100%, one million percent. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> I'm a very sentimental guy sometimes. Not really. Anyway, I just don't feel that Ray Mysterio was ever. That main event guy. Yes, he had great matches with Eddie Guerrero. He had great matches with Dean Malenko. He had great matches with La Parka. All the other cruiserweights in WCW.
0: Alright, time out there. Alright, but you gotta think and you gotta realize too. Ray was able to work with the big guys. The big guys were able to work Ray. Ray was able to work big guys. You rarely saw a bad match with Ray and a big guy involved. He was able to work with those guys and make a good match happen.
1: And I, I agree 100% of all that. But would he be a top WWF, WWE star? Come on,
0: get out of the nineties. I got. I got
1: to get the F out. <laughs> would he be a top WWE star if it was not for Eddie? I understand that he has been a, a household name for wrestling fans since the mid nineties. But would he have ever been a champion? Would he have ever won the two thousand six Royal Rumble in Miami, Florida, that I attended, if it was not for the passing of? Latino Heat.
0: You attended that Rumble?
1: I attended that Rumble. Front row, you just sat in my Royal Rumble chair a minute ago.
0: I thought you got it off eBay, bro.
1: No, I was there. I paid $5 for that ticket. I went alone. (laughs) I felt like a loser. I had my, my signs taken away. Anyway. Would he have ever been a WWE champion if it were not for Eddie Guerrero?
0: I think he would have.
1: And I think you're full of shit. Anyway. (laughs)
0: <laughs> Opinions vary, bro. Opinions vary. Ah.
1: So with with that being said, we have Ray Material, we have Eddie, we have Chris Benoit, Dean Malenko, was another. Okay, so uh, okay, okay, way. okay.
0: I get. All right. So here's my thing, though. So Chris Benoit, he was a heavy. Uh, he won heavyweight championship, eighty one WWE championship. So same night, same night, same night, same venue, same night. So. Did they not kickstart everything right there for the little men?
1: I'm not saying they didn't. I'm, so, so I'm what saying I'm are, saying is, they are more talented. What I'm saying, than regardless,
0: absolutely, hundred ten percent, no doubt in my mind, they are. But they are what started it. So, of course, they would have had Ray in the title picture eventually. That was just a good way to plug him in. Was the tribute to Eddie?
1: Yeah, he they would him in the title picture. did not mean that he would win the title. R-Truth was in the title picture. But there's no way in Vince McMahon's purple hell that R-Truth would ever be WWE Champion. He hides in garbage cans at this point. It's hilarious when he does it. I love R-Truth. One of my favorite guys of all time is R-Truth. But he's never going to hold the strap.
0: So let me ask you this. So... At the end of the day, you don't think that Ray would ever have won a title if it weren't for Eddie.
1: Not in the top company in the world, no.
0: Okay, that's your opinion. Fuck your opinion. Anyway, so let's get back to this. Since, if that's your opinion on Little Man, and yes, all these guys, Malenko, Benoit, Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, have paved the way for the Little Man in the business. Do you think that the Little Man, having their... Star, you know, stars as far as them showing out, winning titles, you know, putting them in the title picture. Do you think this has affected the big men in the company? Absolutely. And what's your opinion on that?
1: So, the big men cannot do the high spots that the little guys can do. Absolutely, it's, it's just not possible.
0: Keith Lee,
1: there, there's a few that can. Keith Lee, you got the guys on the indie circuit like like J D Drake, the blue collar badass. Those guys can do the big high spots.
0: I, I think Drew McIntyre is pretty athletic to be one of the big men. Drew McIntyre,
1: yes. But the majority of these big guys cannot do these crazy high spots every single match.
0: Well, in my opinion, let me cut you off there for a second, brother. In my opinion, I think that... It doesn't matter
1: what your opinion is.
0: If that's how you feel, we can just cut the podcast off for right now. Anyway...
1: We can't do that. We just waste all this money on these microphones and this equipment.
0: <laughs> this is right. This is 110 percent correct. I don't know. I feel like the way things are shaping out and the way things are adapting. As you can see, we've went from big men to little men. Now we have these big men that are very athletic. You know, don't have a ton, but we have a. You know, we have a few. I think that you know, I would give it five, ten years. All the big men are going to be just as big of athletes as the smaller guys here, all the little men in the business right now. I think we're just going to continue and continue to adapt. And right now, I'm going to be honest, we have nothing but athletes in the business. Absolutely. Every guy is an athlete. Don't care if you want to call it entertainment or an actual sport. These guys are athletes.
1: Absolutely. Even when I was growing up and we had these big guys, they were athletes back then. They were 300-pound athletes. Some of them were slower. Some of them were fatter. Some of them were pumped up full of steroids, but they were athletes. Whether it be Yokozuna or Big John Studd or Andre the Giant, they were athletes. But with what you said is everyone is going to be athletic and be able to do moonsaults. I disagree with that because there is no way that these guys can do these high spots every single match like the Young Bucks. Or like Rey Mysterio. Did you really just mention the Young Bucks on our podcast? I mentioned the Young I do not like the Young Bucks. But every damn match, they're doing a high spot. However, if you threw heavy machinery in there to do high spots, there's this thing that won't allow it to happen every time. This thing is called gravity. It cannot happen every time. They might be able to pull it off once. Maybe twice. But to do it every single match like the little guys have done, it's not going to happen.
0: I agree. I agree.
1: But, as fans, we have come <coughs> to expect these high spots in these matches. And that is what has really taken the little guy to the next level, is that we want these high spots. We want these crazy ladder matches and these 20-foot dives into tables. That's what we want. That's We crave blood, thanks to ECW and the Attitude Era. Well,
0: let me cut you off there, brother. That's going to be my that's going to be my line for this podcast. Let me cut you off there, brother. All right, so we've covered pretty much the big guy. We've covered the little guy. We've co- we've covered the big guys adapting, being more athletic. The little guys adapting. Everybody adapting, right? Now, you just touched the subject of high spots. Do you feel like like when we were growing up, there wasn't as many high spots in a match? You know, we'd have that one spot, and we're like, holy shit, we'd get out of our seat, we'd yell, we'd scream. But now...
1: It was was once a year.
0: Right. Now, there's so many high spots. See, in my opinion, like, I feel like it's a struggle, especially for the guys wrestling now, is because they're going to have, they're going to run out of things to come up with. They're going to run out of things to do. And, like, I'm sure they can find a way to do it, of course. But, like, I feel like... All these high spots are just expected in these matches, and we really take them for granted when we shouldn't. Because, you know, come, me and you coming up, if we saw a high spot, we lost our shit. It
1: was a huge deal. I remember Edge spearing Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy's hanging on those titles at that TLC match at WrestleMania. Edge speared him right off. I, I jumped out of my seat. I popped. I think I was in and I might have blew a load in my pants right then and there for the first time in my life my first orgasm might have come from that TLC match because I wasn't expecting it. It was something brand new to me. And that's what, like you said, we've come to expect it. And what? for the guys, yeah, it's terrible for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they they don't know if they're going to be able to draw our attention. And it's becoming dangerous, in my opinion.
0: I agree with that. And like that's the thing, too. In that Where we're expecting all these high spots, it really takes away from the matches. 110%. They're, you know, it's just, like, we're just sitting there, and, like, it's just normal at this point. And, like, I really hate it for the guys in the ring who are trying to entertain and perform and put on a good match, which they're still putting on good matches. But, like, to the younger fans and stuff like that, like, you know, they don't realize, like, that's not how it's been. That's not, you know, it's not how it always has been. So they don't really care. And, you know, me and you, we still kind of get excited for a high spot. But we don't need to take them for granted, And as well as anybody else paying to go see the guys.
1: No. And there shouldn't be a there shouldn't have to be a high spot in every single match. I love a good
0: I love a good technical match.
1: I I do too. I grew up on guys like Bret Hart, Owen Hart. The guys that got trained by Stu Hart in the Dungeon. I grew up on that. I love a good mat wrestling submission.
0: See, but that's the problem though. These guys, the younger generation that's watching these shows right now, whether it's a live show uh house show, pay per view or whatever, you know, they don't have a clue about a technical match, any type of grappling or anything like that. They're just so used to the big spots and me and you we'll sit there and we'll watch a technical match all day. And for the guys who can actually put on a good technical wrestling match, you know, we don't get to see it and we don't get to experience it. And honestly like it's one of the first beauties of wrestling that nobody gets to witness or experience anymore.
1: Absolutely. And it's almost like the younger generation, they don't have the patience for technical wrestling. They need that next move to happen quickly. They don't realize that back even before my time, we had the 60s and the 70s, we had Luthies and you had Buddy Rogers. You didn't have this constant motion. It was like a chess match. You had to think about your next move. And now with boom, 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 almost the point... Where they're not even, they're not even like uh, reacting to the other person's moves. No they're no selling. No, that
0: that is one of the things I have noticed. Even on the high spots, there's these guys are so intense and go 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 throughout these matches. It's like they just forget to sell sometimes, man. And like you've got to sell the big moves. You have to go and throughout the match, you have to show wear and tear throughout the match. Your match needs to get slower towards the end. You gotta be fighting for every ounce of energy left in your body to com- to win the match. But we don't see that anymore.
1: I, I, was, I can't remember what I was watching. I want to say it might have been Monday Night Raw a couple weeks ago. And I just can't remember who it was. But they got the living shit kicked out of him. And they got the living shit kicked out of him in the back all the way down the ramp. And then all of a sudden it was his time to shine. He ran up. Jumped onto the apron, jumped onto the ropes, did a moonsault onto, I believe it was uh, Anderson and Gallows, and out of nowhere he was Superman and he's perfectly fine. he just got the chicken cake out of him for seven minutes, could not even walk to the ring. He's I believe I down. believe
0: you were talking about ricochet there.
1: I want to say I want to say Cedric Alexander. It's one of the
0: two, one but, of the two.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> there, there's no, there's no, there, there's nothing to show that hey. I'm, I'm human. I well, got hurt. I was, but I'm, I'm pouncing back up and doing moonsaults like I was fine.
0: Let me cut you off there, brother. Oh,
1: this again. <laughs> cut me off. Go
0: ahead. I honestly think, man, like, this is one of the things that, you know, wrestling, a wrestling match, it's always about telling a story. And I honestly think where these guys are just worried about putting on these high spots, go, 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 and not selling as much, it really takes away from the story of the match. And it really affects, you know – whether the crowd's interested or in everything. It affects everything as a whole, whether it's the whole pay per view, for that match, whatever. It it takes a huge effect on it.
1: And I think it's gonna really take effect on these guys' bodies. They only do so much like I'm surprised that Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy are still walking after they've had the career that they've had. What is it gonna take for us as fans and promoters to realize that they don't need To have 25 high spots on a show to get the viewers' attention. Why can't we just base it on promos and characters? These guys don't have characters anymore. Being a flipping around monkey is not a character.
0: I agree. I'd have to agree with you 100%. And you know like that's one thing it's really going to shorten the careers of a lot of these guys you know high spot after high spot after high spot and the thing is man we're at a point now where if we don't give if we don't give the crowd or the fans high spots multiple high spots throughout a match they're going to lose interest but we do need to find a way to adapt back to what we were whether it's not using as many and just keep you know toning it down toning it down where then when we we're back to where we were when we do get a big high spot we're excited we're jumping up out of our seats you know what i'm saying
1: definitely those guys that like i just said i'm not a young bucks fan these guys they have no personality they couldn't cut a promo if someone had a gun to their head they they have zero they are have the charisma of my left sock that i've been wearing all day and they kind of smell like it too
0: in case you guys didn't notice, he uh he's not a big fan of the Young Bucks or Kenny Omega. Me, do not
1: get me started on that overrated piece of trash.
0: Like I said, I'm gonna stay a little neutral in this area because uh, I've got to deal with him. So, but anyway, let him continue to ramble
1: on. So the Young Bucks, they they have no character, they have no charisma, but they can do some flippy shit all day long. It looks like they're more in a ballet than they are in a wrestling match. Every single. Lucha Brother versus Young Buck match. They start the same. They do some rope spots. and They both try to drop kick each other at the same time. They kip up, karate freaking uh, karate kid pose at each other. And it's boring. For some reason, people would rather see that than see uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart go 25 minutes in a technical match and ending in a submission or a, a TKO. That's what I don't get.
0: Well, that's the thing, man. That's how things are adapting, unfortunately. And, you know... <clears throat> uh, eventually, we're gonna people's going to get tired of it. Like I said, we're already adapting. People's already adapting to getting bored during these matches and expecting shit constantly throughout these matches.
1: But and, let me cut you off for a second, brother. <laughs> Whoa, brother. Ha ha. Haven't trademarked it yet. I can use whatever I want. Well, that means they, they always want more exciting and more exciting. So, yeah... But they have to adapt.
0: Yeah. They
1: have never gone backwards and went back into the ruthless aggression era or back into the attitude era or back into the golden era. They want, what's next? Are we going to start doing trapezag off the rafters? I mean. I don't believe that would be a good
0: idea, brother.
1: I was going to say, it didn't work well for Owen Hart, God rest his whole soul. And I'm a huge Owen Hart fan, so I can say that. It did not work well for him. However, that's what it looks like society wants next for professional wrestling, for sports entertainment.
0: I have to agree with you,
1: brother. So what, what is next for professional wrestling?
0: That's a good question. I'll tell you one thing, man, I, and I honestly think I think we could cut these high spots out. I think NXT, <clears throat> AEW, and SmackDown, hell, even Impact and NWA, those are all shows that are ran on a timely manner. I think one of the biggest factors <clears throat> that really kill us is A, all the talking. So if they take a majority of the show talking, we expect more high spots because, you know, we want to be entertained. We want our money's worth.
1: And now, time out. Let's talk about the talking real quick. Go ahead. So if we have the talking, which I love, I love I a good I'm promo. good for a good promo. I love a good promo. But you, let's say back in the attitude era when promos were the best they ever were. You could have 45 minutes to an hour of promo before you actually even had a wrestling match and you weren't bitching about it like you are now. Every promo is different. Every promo is heartfelt. Right now, every promo on Raw, except for Bray Wyatt, is scripted word for word. I'm sorry for you fans that did not know that out there. It is all scripted. That's why they all sound the same.
0: And that's the biggest issue, man. We... Not we. I like we're part of it. <laughs> but, no. Speak for yourself. You got it, bro. Anyway. <laughs> so, the thing is, man, we pay these guys. You know, we're paying to see these guys. They're making a huge-ass salary off of us as fans, off of merch, everything. However, you know, these guys are making good money. And it's not – these guys didn't get hired just because they could wrestle. Most of these guys, probably 75, 80% of these guys were picked up off the indie scene. These guys know how to cut a promo. These guys know how to talk. The problem is when they come over to WWE, they don't have that freedom. AEW, that's one reason I will sit and watch AEW during the week.
1: Creative freedom. They have
0: creative freedom. We don't have that.
1: So the one person that has creative freedom in the WWE right now is who? Bray Wyatt. And who's the one guy that is more over than anyone else in the world right now of wrestling?
0: Bray Wyatt. The who Fiend. Is,
1: who is Who was the top wrestler of 2019 for the men?
0: AJ Styles.
1: Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Bray Wyatt was for the men. Becky Lynch was for the women. And I couldn't agree more with both.
0: Absolutely. 100. percent
1: Because they can cut a damn promo.
0: Absolutely. And that's the thing. They're... If these guys don't have creative freedom, and honestly, that's another reason some of these guys are leaving the company. That's why they want to get out. That's why they want to get back on the indie scene, because they do not have creative freedom, what they always wanted and all, what they've always had. Then they come over here and they're like juggernauts, Nazi juggernauts, ran by Vince McMahon, and like you know little puppeteers. I remember exactly.
1: There used to be, uh, I believe, it was either a WWE magazine or a pay per view, and Vince McMahon was on the cover. And he had the puppet strings in his hand like he was a puppet master. And that is not just a cover. It's reality. He has these guys by little strings with dollar signs attached to them at the bottom. Paying them good money to be on the road for 250, 280 days of the year. Because he wants control over their every single word.
0: Well, let me cut you off there,
1: brother. I was done talking. You're not cutting me off. All right. There's a pause. It's your turn.
0: No need for the attitude. Anyway, guys, I think, honestly, I mean, Pete, can you honestly say how many guys who have left the company and you finally, after all these years, either A, you get to see them on the mic after so long or you see them for the first time. Honestly, what have they done since they've been able to have that freedom?
1: Well, let's talk about probably the most popular one. Cody Rhodes.
0: Absolutely. 110%. Cody.
1: Not Cody Rhodes. Cody. So I, I've always been a, a Rhodes family fan. Dusty. Gold dust dust, whatever you want to call him. Cody. And I never thought much of his promo skills. on the, Oh, that guy had the lisp. Blah, blah, blah. The whole thing so everyone do else you. says. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I that's can't why, talk for shit.
0: That's why you like him, right?
1: I, I'm, no, not even that. <laughs> but the first time I ever heard him really talk was when he had that promo against the authority and he basically said, you've made my family a laughing stock at your expense our entire lives. You made my brother dress in makeup and you put my dad in yellow polka dots. Uh, Wow, this guy actually does have promo skills. Shortly after that he became Stardust and things got really weird. And then he left the company. And he started becoming this big indie star.
0: And I'm gonna tell you straight up, that promo he
1: cut with um
0: with Dustin, right before they tagged on that pay per view, that mimicked the one that Dustin and Dusty did back in. The I'm day. getting chills as you're
1: thinking about it right now. Absolutely. And,
0: Absolutely perfect.
1: And I was able to see Cody live before he signed a contract with Ring of Honor. He had independent show in um it was actually in Shelby, North Carolina. And
0: PWX?
1: It, PWX, yep. Okay. It was Cody Rhodes versus John Schuyler in the main event. It, it was just phenomenal. He was such a humble guy. Sat there, he talked to myself, he talked to my daughter, he talked to all the fans. Afterwards, he got in the mic and he gave a shout-out to some of the local talent that he just enjoyed watching that he's never heard of until he got to see them tonight and perform. Cody Rhodes actually went on record to say... His first year away from WWE was the first year he made a million dollars. So that's telling you something that if you have the talent, you don't need the E.
0: Yeah, but at the end of the day, brother, me and you are WWE marks till the day we die.
1: Absolutely. (laughs) WWE has been my go-to company since I was shitting diapers and watching Hulk Hogan, The Rockers, and... Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Brett the Heart, Brett the Hitman Heart. W It was WWF back then, and I've always been a fan of them. Absolutely, I prefer them over WCW and ECW my entire life.
0: Absolutely, bro. Absolutely, no doubt. I know we've kind of rambled on and off, guys, and we hadn't really had much uh, organization. You know, we've had some bullet points that we wanted to touch over and stuff like that. But I mean, is there anything else you'd like to cover? You know, for this pilot episode, or you want to? Are you good with what we've got?
1: I think we're good with what we got. I think uh, I have a lot in my head that we could definitely go through, but I can talk all day long about wrestling.
0: Absolutely, me too.
1: So we're gonna end it shortly here. Just on one note I just want to tell you guys is I mentioned that I saw Cody Rhodes on the indie circuit, and that I'm a huge WWE mark. Austin's a huge WWE mark. But I'll tell you one thing right now. Go check out your indie talent. Local local indie talent. Here go on go, me. Go ahead. Go, go to your, your gyms, your, your bingo halls, your VFW or your veterans associations that have these local shows, high school gyms, middle school gyms, outside in parking lots. Visit your independent wrestlers. Visit those shows. Ten bucks gets you into most places. It'll be the best show that you can probably witness for that money. And up close and personal... And you're gonna see the next John Cena's. You're gonna see the next Roman Reigns. You're gonna see the next Rey Mysterio's. You're gonna see it all. Absolutely, indie wrestling.
0: absolutely, absolutely. And guys, you know we're we're located here in the Carolina, so you know our biggest indie shows are probably PWX, AML, uh, PCW.
1: And we got Viral out in Georgia, which isn't far from us.
0: Yep, Viral's in Georgia. Guys, go and check these shows out. Go and see these guys. Go go and support them. These, I mean, these guys right there busting their ass every day trying to make it to the big leagues.
1: Like guys that came out of shows that we've seen recently. We got Cedric Alexander came from PWX.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: We got guys like uh, Danny Burch. who used to be Martin Stone. Absolutely. and the Carolinas. Awesome
0: guy. Awesome guy.
1: John Schuyler who you may, got, you may not know, but he was the runner-up in the Ring of Honor Top Prospect Tournament. We got guys like Billy Brash, who has competed in the Ring of Honor and the New Japan Dojo training camps.
0: Also been seen on NXT lately, you know. At, even though he's working security, man, he's, making, you know, he's on the show, and that's the start. That's how you get your foot in the door.
1: And then we have guys like Anthony Henry, who comes out of Augusta, Georgia, who just had a tryout with the WEPC last month. And then one guy that we got to name is the former WWN Heavyweight Champion, J.D. Drake.
0: Absolutely. Straight from Shelby,
1: North Carolina.
0: Absolutely. So,
1: these guys are going to be your next top guys. So, I just want to end it with, as much of an asshole as I may be, go out there, watch your indie shows, buy a shirt from these guys, that's how they make their money. That's how they make a living. Love your indie wrestling.
0: And guys, we're going we're going to touch on all things wrestling. It might not be the same thing every week. You know, we might jump back and go talk about an old SummerSlam one week, or we might go comparisons between superstars. Um, you know, and you know, eventually we're going to start comment. You know, we'll have a section. We'll discuss uh, latest uh, wrestling figures that are coming out. Yeah, we're we, both
1: huge wrestling figure fans. Absolutely. We're at the end. My man cave, that I have dubbed the dog pound, and it is covered from wall to wall in wrestling figures.
0: Absolutely, guys. Absolutely. So once again, guys, we appreciate you guys. You know, listening, tuning in. You know, this is our first episode, so we're just gonna see how it goes. Leave a review, give us some feedback. You know, if share, you, absolutely share with your friends. Check us out on Twitter. Twitter is pretty simple. It's Wrestling with the Mic. So we're on there. Give us a follow. We're gonna try and keep things updated. Let you guys know when episodes in or you know, if you guys want to interact with us or drop some questions, we are more than happy to answer. Um, or even take the time out of our day, you know. Whatever you guys need, we're just here to please.
1: Well, we appreciate you guys joining in again. I am PD Savage, and this I am- is Austin Outcast. I will say your name for you. You don't say shit. You just click the damn button when I'm done talking. Have a great night, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.
0: Later, guys.